What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of the Chase to Must podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. The new Atlanta restaurant thrives off of a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine and is already racking up the awards, winning best-selling taste in the Taste of Atlanta Awards, both in 2017 and 2018. So if you're in the metro Atlanta area and are wanting to try something new and good and delicious, Go to Panko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. You'll be glad you did, I promise. Panko Chicken, where eats meets West. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am now joined by Eric S. Brady of RBR Wrestling. Eric, good evening. How are you? Hey, thanks. It's always great to be here. I've been here, I think, 17 times before. I don't really keep count. It's always fun. I think it's three. Is it three? It's it's mm-hmm. almost the same. It is. But very close. last time I was on, I'll say, I was on my Insta. I was going through my DM, skipping all the smoke shows, looking for constructive feedback of being on the Chase Thomas podcast. And some people were like, hey, Eric, we know it's because you're a professional podcaster, but sometimes uh, you you try to take over a little bit. So Chase, I'm gonna let you know it's not gonna happen this week. We're gonna do this together. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I could have you on the Chase Thomas podcast. You want to just jump into things together now? God, that that was smooth. That that was good, Eric. <laughs> it's the Chase Thomas podcast, starring Eric Brady, featuring Chase Thomas. <laughs> it's a long title. We're, we're working on it. We're workshopping. I mean, it. it's better than what Paul comes up with usually. Uh, for my podcast, I'm 93% certain he actually doesn't know what my current podcast is called. It's not hard to guess the name, right? It's your name and then mm-hmm. the word podcast. It's true. It took a lot of time to come up with this one, Eric. <laughs> did you did you register the trademarks? I know uh, that can be tricky. That can be tricky because there are several Chase Thomases. There is actually I never mind. I'm not going to get into it. There is a Do you, are you feuding with one? <laughs> it annoys me. I um I will say I am kind of annoyed at the Chase Thomas name still being like an egg with no followers on Twitter. Like that handle is just sitting there and that drives me nuts. Wait, that's um, I follow that one. Is that not you? No, it's oh, not me. I was gonna say you you have some good takes, but I guess oh. not. No, I don't unleash takes on Twitter really. What is Twitter for then if not hot takes? Uh promotion. Yeah, that makes more sense. That's yeah. professional of you. You're an adult. Yeah, there's just, I also just don't like conversing in a limited amount of characters. I always like, I'll tweet something and then I'll delete it almost 30 seconds later. Cause I'm just like, yeah, this is not, there's no context around this. I, I don't have enough to like really make my point. So it just feels like it's coming out of left field. It's, it's just dumb. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I, that's think, why I don't like texting either. Okay. That's texting is totally different. Twitter discourse How? is the worst discourse. So I'll agree with that. Texting is you're sending it to one person. 
Yeah, but you will send something and then they will follow up all the time of like, I don't, wait, what do you mean? And then they're like, there's no context and we have a back and forth. And I'm like, well, and you can't read someone's like, whether or not I'm joking, especially if you don't know me that well, like me being sarcastic or me just saying things. And like the way I say them is just different than how it comes across on text messages. I don't know. So I don't do you like, call people? Oh, all the time. Are I you, prefer calling. Are you a, you're a monster. How? Who calls somebody? I call people all the time. When I get That's a call I to communicate. and it doesn't say spam or whatever, and it actually like says the name of a contact in my address book, I like have a mini panic attack. Mm. I'm like, something is happening. This is not good. See, like I, I prefer, like I, I love to get to that point with a new friend, someone else, like that. I'm, they know me well enough where I can just stop texting them altogether, so that whenever I want to talk to them about something, I just call them, and they're okay with it because they know that's who I am and that's fine. I, texting has like are you gonna call someone to be like hey i'm going to chipotle you want something no i i've never i don't pick up food for other people like that oh no. that's right because you're a bad person as we established <laughs> by your fact that you call people selfish chase over here <laughs> just finding ways that you can ruin people's day by calling how them is that ruining no it's fun my phone calls aren't boring nobody do you like when people call you Depends on who it is. What if it was Chase Thomas, star of the Chase Thomas podcast starring Eric Brady? Absolutely. Um, Love that guy. <laughs> What's that guy got in his on his mind this week? Um, now you have me thinking. Like, I wonder if everyone I call hates like, you. Are you kidding me? They have a group chat where they make <laughs> fun of you. And they know you'll never find out about it because why would you ever want to join a group text chat? God, I hate those so much. See? I really, really do. There's Group chats are great depending on the like there needs to be like a cap of like five people well i will get like annoyed if you text me something during the day that's just something that can definitely be held off until like seven o'clock at night like if i'm working or doing whatever and i just get a, a meaningless text at like 11 a.m that just drives me that's what texts insane. are for yeah see i don't want that i if i could turn off texting on my phone i would do it today oh. but it's just a necessary part of our life in 2019 are you kidding? You would turn off texting? Oh, oh my God. If I could turn off texting and only have email and phone calls. Can you guys just yeah. fax me whatever funny memes you guys are finding? No, I don't like memes. What? No. <laughs> yeah, that's the part that you take umbrage with. Not the fact <laughs> that you use a fax machine still. Hey, faxes are cool. Just the imagine you like, getting a package in the mail from a friend and you open it up and it's just like a SpongeBob gif. And you're like, oh, this is a nice, nice present. Honestly, if my friends wanted to write letters to each other, I'm 100% down. I think you'd say that and then you'd be the guy who like has to open up Microsoft Word and do like seven drafts before it looks good and then grab mm. a piece of paper and write the letter. Yeah, for sure. Because, well, A, my handwriting's not great anyway and I need and just I'm not going to write in pencil. So if I'm going to use pen, I don't want to have to scratch through stuff as I'm editing after I write this stuff. So no. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, that's what I would do. Because I mean, I do that a lot with the articles I write. Like I will write through stuff and then I'll print it and then I'll edit it with a different color pen and then I'll change the font and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Like the I'd best form of communication is you're too young for this. But back in the 18th century, when you used to go visit somebody, if they weren't home, you would just like leave a card on the table, like guest book mm. style to be like, oh, we were here for three days, but you were out in the city. We'll see you next time. That's the best because the whole time there, you're like, I kind of hope they're not here so I can just leave a note. Mm. 
Because then, if but also have... if it's the 18th century, that there is no next time. Because if they left, there's a, yeah, they no might easy have way to get dysentery. Yeah, that's that's over. It's very Oregon Trail-y. I, I don't think it would end well. Um, no, I don't know. I don't. I I think I'm gonna start calling you on Snapchat, Eric. You can't. We can you can't call on Snapchat. Yes, you can. Are you... Also, can you just call with like a phone number? You don't have to make it like a weird. You're this weird. It's this. <laughs> you've hit this intersection of like. <laughs> I don't like texting because that's too like new and for the kids. But also, let me use Snapchat and Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp to communicate. It's like just use a phone number. Do you know what I wish I was good at and I knew how to use was Instagram because I do think it's valuable. I just I don't take pictures like that and I don't know I, my my days are just so routine and I don't see new things very often that like when I see people just always like new photos and everything else, I'm like I I can't do that. Where I, I'm jealous. I wish I could do that. And then when I hear people at work talk about the Instagrams they have for their pets, I want to mm. delete Instagram. Not I hate my account, that a lot. but like all of Instagram. Especially when they talk about their pet in third person, where they'll be like, Jamie loves going to the park and getting some snack." And you're like, like Jamie has never expressed his opinions to you. <laughs> He's a Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah. that I am right there with you. I, I genuinely think that the kind of stuff is very very the bizarre. only worst thing old people can do is share an email address with their spouse mm. or the remember like five six years ago when old people figured out facebook and that they wanted to get on they just combined their facebook names so it was like joanne and dave yeah they've ruined old people and i don't even mean that old i mean like the 45 to 55 yes, year old crowd the boomers ruined facebook yeah and now they're ruining twitter is Twitter ruined? Every time you go on Twitter now, it's just people who were like hail corporate of like, look at this great tweet that Denny sent out. It was a great meme from the from my local burger store. Yeah. And it's too much politics now. Mm. I just want bad wrestling takes. I want people to I want WWE to tweet out that Roman Reigns is coming back and people to say, This is just a ploy for ratings. God, you've got to be really cynical. Just great. I love the idea that Vince called him up and said, hey, man, I know you've been battling this leukemia, but uh, the ratings just hit a 2.4. Do you mind just winning the battle now and coming back? God. Would it be okay if you suffered less in the sake of our ratings? The one thing I will give them on that point, and this is being generous, is I do think there is some part of, like, the worst instinct with Vince is, like, him just seeing green of being able to announce a week in advance that Roman Reigns is coming back and making an announcement about his battle of leukemia, just knowing the eyeballs are going to be there. So I do think there is something to Vince being like, Oh my God, he's coming back. Get on Twitter, Twitter now, like just getting ready for that ratings push. So I think that's true. But like the idea that he's just, <laughs> he's still <laughs> we ratings are down. He's just texting Roman. How's it looking? How's, how's the, how's the Lou this week? <laughs> he's like i just i have tweet deck i have a, a, a your return squ- uh scheduled you know like i just imagined him like the second he left like putting in a tweet of like uh roman is back um for like march and being like hey do i need to delete this how no i'm ready to announce this this week is that still on target is that is that what we're gonna do what does it say about you that you think vince texts people but you won't even text people this 75-year-old man, you're like, oh, yeah, he probably knows how to text. Even if it's still T9 texting, I'm sure he gets it done. Yeah. But you're out here like, oh, my T-Mobile sidekick scares me. 
dude if i could bring back if i just i really want a blackberry um they exist don't they yeah but they're not doing well they don't have 5g and they're still like a couple years away from it becoming a a good thing we'll call will hold on where what is will's number he's got the scuttlebutt on uh what's going on with phones local cell phone expert mark yeah. marquez brownlee jr um he was freaking yeah. out the other day about that two thousand dollars samsung fold phone what yeah is that a thing yeah it's like a tablet but it folds in half and then it's like phone sized do you think there are people out there like if you show up for a first date and you have a certain type of phone that that would be a deal breaker because i've heard like the whole like if they see green dot that like or green text or whatever they're out like they only take people with blue text where like the iphone iMessage or whatever um do you think there is like a type of phone that no matter what the chemistry is like no matter what the natural attraction is that they would end things just because of your phone choice i think so based on what you're saying about the bubble thing yeah which is already the stupidest thing right but i that's a real thing i've talked to people about that and they're like no i'm 100 serious yeah that it's like i won't be friends with you because yeah i own an iphone and you have a galaxy 100 percent. especially in the era where like i could see that maybe having been a thing in the era of like the iphone 4 when it like was the phone to have and if you didn't have it you were like a broke boy but now we live in an era where it's like hey this samsung phone's twice the price of an iphone 10 but it's like oh you don't have the right color bubble because it like it used to be a status symbol and now it's not anymore now it's like the generic it's the toyota of phones it's the totally fine one that everybody has but you can get better or worse elsewhere so someone asked me i forgot who it was the other day they're like what kind of iphone do you even have because like my screen's all fucked up and everything and it's just i don't care about this phone and they were they asked me like what is it i'm like Honestly, I actually have no idea. And they're like, how do you not know what iPhone you have? And I'm like... Because you're like, because they're all the same. Yeah, like what? You just be like, it's the uh, iPhone Pixel 3. I really have no Say it sincerely and just move on from the conversation. Yeah. The Apple Galaxy Um, 9. Yeah. What if we just all got rid of phones? Let's bring back telephones. Wait, did you just say, what if we all get... (laughs) You're missing half of your point you're trying to make there. I know. We get rid of all phones and just use phones again. <laughs> well, I mean, like cell phones. Let's, well, let's just get rid of all. Of them Do you not remember? To... You're too young. Do you not remember how bad pay phones were? Yeah, I never had them, but we wouldn't have had Dumb and Dumber without pay phones. So you got to weigh that against. We wouldn't have so... Liam Neeson's Taken without cell phones. Give me Dumb and Dumber every day. Overtooken? Yes, one hundred percent. You crazy? Really? We wouldn't have had what else? Have very different movies. Done well, cell phones have been really good for uh the internet for amateur photographers hmm yeah i don't know it's a vague statement but you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know i just feel trapped i like trapped with the social media stuff that i have to use trapped with the phones you don't that I have, have to use it you can do what you want you're a, a free spirit no you I can't you have nothing holding you down in life other than yourself you have mm. you have no commitments you're homeless, jobless, <laughs> friendless. You you have the wind at your back and can do whatever you'd like. Right. I forget that sometimes. Yeah, you forget how depressing your life is when I spell it out <laughs> that way. Why do I invite you on this podcast? I don't know. Big banter. Big banter Brady. Big banter Brady. The the new LeVar Ball brand. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, so do you want to talk about Elimination Chamber on Sunday? Because I watched this live. First WWE pay-per-view that I've watched live in a while. What was and what was the one before it that you watched live? I think Survivor Series. 
All right, that's like four months. Yeah. All right, that's like that's a gap. Well, see, like I really hate how long they are. I really hate just sitting there for like four hours. It drives me nuts. But this was a quick pay per view. They're getting better at that. It's yes. nice that they've because they were three hours for ever and ever for a decade, two decades, whatever. Which is what it should be. That's the yeah. right number. Then they stretched to four, and you were like, "This is absurd. This is this. I don't want to sit through this. Maybe like once or twice a year, it's okay, kind of thing." What was WrestleMania last year? Do five, you know? I think. Okay. Like I I'd, would have guessed higher. I would say WrestleMania being five, SummerSlam being four is acceptable to me as a fan. Everything else being three. But they stretched to four, and now they've done this thing where, like, because they stretched that extra hour, they were starting an hour early. But now they're also ending 45 minutes early. So they're only like mm-hmm. 3.15 now, which is fine. But yeah. as an East Coast boy, it used to be 8 to 11. Now it's 7 to 10.15. So much perfect. nicer. Yes. I loved it. Like at 10.15, I realized when they, uh, I think, was it Samoa Joe's music hit? Where I was like, oh God, is this the main event? Yeah. Are we already here? Because it was like 9.30. And I got really excited. I was like, we're already done. This is fantastic. Like I've never had that feeling watching an episode of Raw. In the last uh, however many years it's been, how many Raw's years? Raw's been on been for now? ten years now. Is it been three hours for ten years? Oh no, just Raw itself has been on for ten years. That's right, only ten. That's why um, they celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary. <laughs> how long has it though been a three hour show? I've already. I think I feel like it's a lot longer than we would even we guess. No, it's about red. I think it might be three years. No, it's got to be more than that. Raw goes. Let me pop it into the Bing now. Twenty twelve, seven years okay that's still way too long that is uh, that is dedication to a bad product um that is somewhat commendable especially for a live like product yeah there's (laughs) yeah which i think we both do right you don't watch raw live anymore do you i try to time when i start it on my dvr so that i can watch the end live Okay. Oh, so you can just fast forward the commercial. So I usually get in late. Yeah, yeah, I usually start about an hour to an hour and a half into it. So for me, it's about an hour and a half show where I get rid of all the commercials, like people just walk into the ring, some matches that Hawkins, I think are bad. Yeah. more minutes. <laughs> oh, here's Elias. Like, oh, that's okay. I don't need that. He was the breakout superstar of 2018, by the way. He's breaking back in now. God, that was. They have a, they have a, a real talent problem right now. Yeah, um, we'll get into Raw in a little bit, but I do want to mention a couple things about Elimination Chamber. But first, what did you think of this show as a whole? Uh, I thought it was a pretty fun show, at least the two chamber matches. Everything in the middle kind of just didn't need to have, like, they were forgettable. But it's nice, like we talked about, where it's like they don't try to shove everything in. Like, there was no reason to have an R-Truth United States title match. Um, like there's just there was some weird middle stuff like obviously balor and lashley was very strange that that happened but it and especially because you thought that they were going to do that at wrestlemania and do the title change there but giving it to balor now it's probably the better play especially if we can get a better opponent for balor at mania for the pre-show excuse me um not for the oh how dare you how dare you it's called the kickoff show now right (laughs) (laughs) sounds a lot better um but no, I mean, I thought Usos, Shane, and Miz was good. I thought Shane and was... Miz are surprisingly fun. I'm a, I'm yeah. a big fan of that tag team. I can't believe Shane's still doing what he's doing. Like the fact that he's still able to hit the coast to coast is kind of crazy. But I do feel like eventually this is going to end very badly. Like he's not that old. He's only two he's years younger old. than Ty Dillinger. That's not true. I can't. Be but Ty Dillinger is sneaky old. I think Ty Dillinger's forty eight. So Shane's forty nine. 
Ty Dillinger is probably 38. How 38. Yeah. He is 38. See, I knew he was sneaky old, but I didn't. God, that's got to suck. He feuded with Finley in ECW. That's not a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's not. He debuted before CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Well, the crazy thing is, like, so did, like, Tommaso Ciampa, but he was, like, 19. Yeah, but that was also just, like, playing a weird role. Like, Ty Dillinger had, like, a Titan Tron for his gimmick. (laughs) Insane. And then he's just now deciding, like, maybe this career isn't working out for me as I hit past my midlife crisis. He seems like a very genuinely nice guy. He's worked really hard. That was part of the reason he got over as a 10 on NXT is, like, they're like, this dude... We don't really get his character. He's not a very good wrestler. He's not very good on the mic, but he's trying so hard. And what a great gimmick! This guy's not very good. But he <laughs> sure is trying. That's endearing to a lot of people, man. Like God. just this raise your standards. But I just never understood it. Where it was like, okay, yeah, the ten stuff is cool, and him doing the ten spot at the Rumble, yeah, great. But like, have you watched this dude wrestle? <laughs> I don't understand what I like the that you're like here. yeah his gimmick is good once a year yeah that's it because they can make a joke about the number 10 and then for the next 11 months disappear again buddy like the AEW I guess we can just go ahead we're on this subject because I have it on my notes um, we can just get into Ty real quick I just one it's not worth it to like him just being like I need to get ahead of the news of I have asked for my release like that would have been a big breaking story like stop the presses Ty Dillinger's asked for his release there was rumors swirling that the guy who's not been on TV in two years might be leaving the company you know like, I, that I hear a... that's the reason Vince called up Roman yeah he said true we're losing Ty we need you back big dog I mean it that was strange but Ty like he's good friends with Cody and he'll probably end up in AEW but like I, he's not good. I could just he's the not first good match go we see. Like, can you imagine who? Like, I'm trying to think of who he could even work with. Where, like, oh God, I I just it's not going to be good. I, and I also I like all the guys different. who left over the last like six years, like the Juice Robinsons of the world and like Christian back in the day. It's like I can respect that. This whole like I'm taking a shot on myself. Even Cody mm-hmm. and all like guys who thought they were worth more and we're going to go out there and prove it. The guys who are especially like a 38-year-old who's like doing it now, now there's already this other established thing and your friend runs it, you're not taking a risk out there. It's like Damien Sandow at this point when he went to TNA. You're like, well, this is over. What are you doing? Yeah, and now he's like just not even wrestling anymore and he's moved on. He's like acting full-time. But um, yeah, I mean, I hope for the best for Ty, but I just, I don't think he's good at his job. He's also so. 100% the guy that if he goes there, his whole gimmick is like, you know, I was just looking for a company who would know how to use me right. And it's like, shut up, dude. I hate that. That's is, always that the is worst a trope, trope that drives me nuts of like, yes, like he, they didn't know how to use me. It's like, well, maybe you're just not good. Maybe they used you exactly the way they should have. Yeah. And that I, uh, they're going to use you better here because a small star in WWE can be a big star somewhere else. So I wanted to ask you about about the women's elimination chamber match. I I saw some takes that it was just not very good, and like a lot of people were like, "Well, this is good that this ended up not going on last," which I do agree with. That I'm glad this was not the last match because the Kofi moment was great and it was yeah. a great way to go off air. Um, but I it got better at the end. It's like one of those things where it went on. You're like, "Oh, the iconic stuff was so bad." 
and just it was weird too with the Corey graves carmella stuff oh that was so stupid i hate wrestling crowds are the worst part about wrestling especially like they're that's why i love apology none of them are gonna apologize to any of these guys like yeah you waited like three days later it comes out like he's been separate like just reacting like that that didn't come out before people just didn't care did it i thought it came out like the next day he had been saying that on like the sam roberts podcast like months ago oh really i didn't even know that okay wrestling fan like that's your whole point about hating twitter that's why one person says one thing and it snowballs and it like ruins people's days or careers or whatever what have you yeah and it's just like a confirmation bias thing because people are like oh he's annoying on twitter so he must be a piece of shit as a husband that's what i always say about chase (laughs) it's like uh can we wait for this stuff to come out like who knows like and i also don't feel comfortable speculating about people's personal lives like that and then just like track like Putting that on Carmella in that match was just wrong, and it was all very gross. Very bad wrestling fandom yeah. at that point. Anytime, they'll never do it for male wrestlers, but they do that dumb right. thing where a woman wrestler is dating a guy, and they're like, let's chant the name of the guy they're dating while they're wrestling. You're like, what a stupid, in, like, rude, inconsiderate thing to do. Yeah. When CM Punk left, and AJ was still there. Yeah. CM Punk stuff, and it's just... <sighs> Yeah, it's very annoying. Um, but I did think that the that women's match, match like, when it got down to the last like three teams was pretty good, especially when it got Naya's to the last spot two. was crazy, right? When she just ran through a wall. It. I mean, that was the. I, I'm not an Aya person by any means, but like her selling that was maybe the best sell of anyone in wrestling this year. It also is about Naya. She seems like she's concussed. really trying. And really, you <laughs> I mean, she went I, for it there, like right? That. She just went full speed through a plexiglass wall. But literally looked un- like she. She didn't slow down at all before she hit it. No, like she was gonna. She committed to making it look right. the best it could look. So she gets a pass from me for a while. It's like a Super Bowl winning quarterback when Joe Flacco went on his run to win the Super Bowl with the Ravens, where you're like, this guy's not good, but what a moment! You got to give him a couple of years. Good for him. I could he su- went for it. I would not be surprised if by the end of this year, people are like all in on Naya. <sighs> well, that will be like three more character changes. So we'll have to see what happens on that front. <laughs> Because she's like the most hated woman they have right now. But there's also this big like upswell around her mm-hmm. that I could see that fan base growing and like her getting her spot. People realize like, okay, she really does try. She's really good. Are we sure she's the most hated now? I feel like it's Rhonda. Rhonda's the most hated? I think there are more people who have strong negative opinions about Rhonda right now than any other female worker. Dang. Right? Like just her getting put in the Becky Lynch incubator, like people are eating this stuff up. They don't want Rhonda to go over this feud. And she's like, I mean, just putting her against Becky. There is just some, like you can tell she's getting annoyed. Like she's also giving really bad promos and everything. Like she's doing like the boomer gimmick. It's yeah, it's not good. So yeah, I think you can make the case that a lot of people are strong and strongly turning on Rhonda as a character and worker. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Didn't have a good match again on Monday against Ruby Riot. She Dude, Maxwell claims is actually good, but are we sure, folks? Uh, I think all women are good. That is correct. Yes. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know. The Ronda stuff is is very strange, but I thought the best thing to come out of that women's elimination chamber match was Sonya and Mary yeah, Rose. absolutely. Or so what's their new name? Fire and Desire now. Like yeah. the end of that match when they had taken Bailey out and it was just two on one, them versus Sasha. I bought several of those false finishes there. 
Yeah. Like Mandy's spot with her finish was great. Like it, it was really fun. And I'm happy those two are having their moment because they came out looking the best of anyone by far, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Mandy definitely looks the best. And the, right. the, <laughs> the fact that it went on first, I think also could have given some credence that they were going to win. Cause like usually you want to end wrestling pay-per-views with a fairly happy moments most of the time. So it's like, oh, if this went on last, it probably would have been Sasha and Bailey winning. But because it's going on first, maybe that's our sign that they're not after all. But they did. Yeah, and I was and probably the right promo. move. It was probably the right move, but like now they're going to be doing like it's about to get. I mean, this leads into the Monday Night Raw stuff of just like the continuity issues of them just appearing on whatever show, and that includes NXT and how all of this works and trying to keep this all together and who's on what brand and i mean we'll get into that but um, it, it definitely also seems like it was done where they have the whole thing about the four horsewomen of wwe that they pointed out on commentary on some show i think it was on raw that now all four of them were the inaugural champion of one of those four current women's belts mm. that becky was the first smackdown champ charlotte was the first raw champ and bailey and sasha are the first tag champs so like mm-hmm. they all have their history of like, look what we all we all started these things. Yeah. So if you're gonna talk about the whole like women's revolution happening, that you can really put these four faces on it of like all of the th- three divisions we have now, we started those divisions. Quote it's gonna up. be a good network special at some point. <laughs> there already was once. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I just you know what's interesting though, is I wonder what this means for our truth, right? Is we talked about the Finn uh, winning the Intercontinental title, and then you have Revival getting the Raw title, and then you have the Usos now getting the SmackDown titles back. They're clearly doing something to try and appease some of their talent right now, like some of the ones that they just know are good at wrestling and might have their contract up at some point or one out or aren't happy, whatever. But our truth is like now the lone guy <laughs> you're like, we all like him, especially because but... like the two other guys in the program for that belt were the guys that would have fit like fit that description. You were saying, right. Rusev for sure. Seven Shinsuke. The guys were like, yeah. I can see them leaving. So I wonder if we're like, he's also a week away. He's yeah. He's definitely losing it. it very soon. Cause we're going into mania season. There's always like a, a bit of a belt shuffling that happens in January and February. As you, you start put an R Truth U.S. title match at Mania, not you can't at all. do that. Not in the same way you, they probably weren't going to put a Miz and Shane one on. They'll put what are them, they going to do there? They'll do one on one. Do you think they do? Yeah. Does anyone want that though? Uh, Miz's dad. True. Yeah, I like I, them. As I a don't. Team. Yeah, I don't want to see them. Like a one on one match sounds awful. I I don't want to see that at all. Because you know that's getting more time than it should. And yeah, I like if you put Shane a in a match, it's getting as much time as he wants. Yeah, and I just I'm good. I don't need to see the Miz and Shane McMahon have a 25 minute WrestleMania match. I'm I'm okay. Maybe the Miz will like talk him out of making it shitty. Shane will be like, I'm gonna throw some punches, and Miz is like, so look at this video I have on YouTube of you throwing punches. Uh, don't do that. Yeah, I just I think the Miz McMahon stuff, the Miz Man, like it. It's just better than them turning on one another and having a wrestle one on much. Find another tag team for them to feud with at Mania. I would rather them do that. I'd rather Miz just become like a fixture of the family, the corporate the corporate gimmick, you know, with them running both shows. Miz just politicking his way into he'd the be top. A, he'd be a great general manager. Right. Like that's what I would rather them do is keep going with this. Make this like a 
multiple year long thing of Miz just becoming a member, basically an extended member of the McMahon family because he's really good at it. And I could just, you know, that they love him and like the crossover appeal that he now has and all that kind of stuff. So I, I could just see that actually working pretty well. And then you could get some good Triple H stuff of him and like, is the Miz like part of our family now? And Shane's like, yeah, he's my best friend. And he just like appears with them and Maurice and uh, Stephanie hang out. Like, I just think that that's what I would do. I would keep them and get Miz as he gets older and his matches get less and less more entertaining. Um, I would transition him into that. I think it would work really well. Yeah. I mean, any, any excuse to keep Miz on TV longer is always going to be a positive. Yeah, milk the Less fact wrestling, that he has more Miz segments. That's what I would like. I mean, you look at like last week's SmackDown that had that amazing gauntlet match that everyone loved, but then it also just had that McMiz like talk show segment, which was also amazing. Yeah, like those are the two sides of the wrestling coin: is great in ring work and then just people talking and being entertaining and charming. And Miz can do that every week. So I think based on the way Lynch was presented at Elimination Chamber. I mean, Becky Lynch was uh, presented at Elimination Chamber and Charlotte getting the beating and then Ronda selling pretty hard. But her, like, <laughs> basically taking that hit it was really her fault. Um, the way she leaned in, like the way her head moved, um, that was not great, but it was a bad shot. And Ronda's I, known for her bad head movement. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've been saying for like the last month that I was betting on Brock Lesnar and Charlotte coming out of WrestleMania with the titles, but I am moving more towards Becky. Like I just, I'm really starting to think that that's how, like, what would you close with if you were planning on Becky winning, but Brock Lesnar winning, would you close with Becky going on last? If Brock is winning, I might do, I'd probably do Becky last. If Seth yeah. is winning, I'd probably do that last. Cause you could bring out Dean and Roman Yeah, and have like, the curtain call for the shield knowing that Dean there's just no dying. curtain call eric there, there's no way they don't get involved to help him win during or, the match or they help during it but you get yeah. that like end of an era thing where it was like triple h sean and undertaker on the ramp you yeah get the shield members doing the shield pose with the fireworks above them knowing the that, last like, time this yeah. might be the last time we ever see these guys together or at least will be the last time for probably a couple of years or something yeah um and then Renee finally gets up and acknowledges that she is um, familiar with Dean Ambrose. And they, she joined, huh? That she's leaving him. She's been <laughs> with Corey Graves all along, and they have a commentary uh. heel stable. My favorite thing about Becky Lynch nowadays, and my favorite, I mean, is awful and the worst, but it's enjoyable to watch from a rubbernecking point of view, is all the Twitter takes on like she's the next Daniel Bryan, she's the next Stone Cold. It's like no, she's no, she's not. That's not even what they're trying to make her. I, I just, I like Becky a lot and it's cool that this is all working. I do think this has a shelf life of like a lot of her promos don't make a lot of sense. It's, um, but it's weird. Cause th this is why I think people have trouble digesting it is she is the protagonist of this story. Right. Clearly she's also like not a good guy though. Like the last time she was champion, she kept like just while she was this whole gimmick of the man was getting herself intentionally disqualified because she was about mm -hmm. to get beat, getting herself intentionally counted out because she was about to get beat. Then she gets a one on one match and she loses by submission. So like she's not like a Daniel Bryan who's like, if you give me a shot, I'm the best, but they won't give me a shot. Like she has she's had seven title matches in the last six months and she's won two of them, one by flash roll up. Like yeah. she's not meant to be that good in the ring. 
she like attacks people from behind even at the elimination chamber like ronda grabbed one of the she had two crutches she threw one at charlotte and then while she was like batting it away started swinging the other at her and then when ronda picked one up and they were staring and ronda was like let's go we each have a crutch let's fight becky was like no no you should hit charlotte with it and then when ronda turned around to go look at charlotte hit ronda from behind She's like the new Triple H, where her thing is like, hey. I was going to say CM Punk. Yeah, it's like, I end. think I'm the best. I'm going to call yeah. myself the best. I'm going to cheat to win, or at least to hold on to my belts. Maybe not to win, but to stay champion. But I'm also like not at the level you guys are at as far as a quote-unquote wrestler is concerned. Right. I have to make up for my shortcomings, which is kind of interesting, because... Like, she's got the fan support, but is kind of healy in a way. For sure. But then you have, like, weird storyline continuity where, like, Triple H comes out this week and is positive about it. Like, that's, I respect that's it. That's, like, the whole thing is, like, because that he was the one who pointed it out. When she did something, he's like, I've seen this before. And then this week he was like, you know, professionally, I don't like it. But personally, I'm a big fan of it. Like, because she's you. You, when and you the put other it weird in, you would parallel have here is we call Charlotte female Triple H. We've called like her getting the title reigns and being Vince's golden girl and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of Triple H-ness to Charlotte. Yeah. There's no good guy in this feud. That's what's interesting. Yeah. Like you can clearly support one of these people and like they want you to kind of support Becky, obviously. But like nobody is that traditional like good guy that you like Superman-esque John Cena style is like, now that's a good role model. It's either like the millennial hating Ronda Rousey or the like full of themselves Charlotte or Becky, who's kind of just a cheater. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like if Becky like Becky and Ronda have a real reason to actually dislike Becky as a performer in kayfabe and also in their personal life, because what was the the rumor after WrestleMania last year was that That Becky and Ronda were hooking up, right? No, I don't think that was it. I think it was uh, Charlotte and Ronda were going to be in the first female main event of WrestleMania the yep. following year, right? Like, that's why it they came out like Charlotte immediately after. Yeah. And Becky just kind of slithers her way in. Like eight and, months later, gets herself yeah. over, and you're like, oh, shit. We're losing our main event because. It's like I that think... whole Daniel Bryan thing like five years ago when it's like, we have this great idea. We're going to put the belt on Randy. We're going to bring back Batista, who used to be his partner slash rival, who's been gone and is now becoming a big movie star. And they're going to have this clash against each other. And then mm-hmm. it was like, but this guy just became the hottest thing in your company. So you have to use him now. Right. And I think if you're Charlotte and Rhonda, you're annoyed by that naturally. Because you're like, this was our moment. We were going to make history, like really make history going on last at WrestleMania. And it's not and like now, they haven't earned it. Like Charlotte right. is the best in-ring worker they have in the women's division. Uh, no. Take it. Just deal with it. Don't okay. at me. Uh, Ronda Rousey is the biggest like legit star in that women's division. Yes. It's like a household name. Like these two people, they if you say these two people are going to be the first women's main event of WrestleMania, they deserve it. Also, Charlotte, the other point to her is she will always be a top star of their women's division because they won't let her not be. Yes. They will never. Which is why I appreciate them leaning into her where like Vince being the one to bring her out and being like, she's getting like, that's the thing they never did with Roman, right? They never acknowledged that he was their golden boy. Yeah, they tried to act like he wasn't. Remember, like, they actually tried to make us believe that Vince McMahon hated yeah, Roman Reigns. they tried to be like, oh, Vince <laughs> likes Brock, but he doesn't like Roman. 
and it's, it's like, like oh, okay thanks roman don't act- and then that video comes out with like brock throwing the yeah. title at vince after wrestlemania last year <laughs> and him calling him an asshole and stuff like that like just which makes you like brock even more 100 percent of him just like there's not many people in the world that can bully a billionaire and get away with it and brock lesnar is one of the few i don't know if you check he's Twitter timelines whenever the president tweets yeah that's true there's a lot of 14 year olds um, who can bully a billionaire well who who would have ever have guessed that brock lesnar leader of the labor party <laughs> <laughs> brock lesnar who uh named himself after brexit that's where i got the br from that's right he's a big hashtag leave guy <laughs> uh, i bet if you asked him what brexit was he wouldn't know Hmm. Probably not. He doesn't care agree. about the world. He just wants to sit on his farm and hunt and drink beer. He's probably happier. I mean, I think most people that yeah, kind of live in that bubble, they are I, people I've encountered that just don't keep up with any of that stuff are definitely happier. Doesn't Ignorance he like not have bliss. a phone? Ooh, I remember there was, that. there was a story at one point about how you have to like schedule when you're going to call Brock because the phone isn't in his house. Like he has a phone. <laughs> Like on uh, his property because he has like a big ranch, but it's like not in like his main residence. So you mm. have to like schedule like I will call you at two thirty on Thursday, and then he will like go to where the phone is then. Which is that's funny. Which sounds absurd, but also like I hear that about Brock Lesnar, and I go, yeah, I one hundred percent believe that. Yeah, I do too. If you said that about anybody else, that it's like, oh yeah, he walks five minutes down the road to where he's got his phone, I'd be like, nobody, this is not Forrest Gump. That's not how the world works. <laughs> but you say that about him in Minnesota, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, you could even sell me on that with Randy. Well, he's got a wife. He's got to have a phone. That's true. House. Like she, like, I mean, Sable, I'm sure, yes. has all that as well. But like, I don't, I could see Randy never using his phone, ever. Just sits around and plays Call of Duty Zombies. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Weird world. Yeah. Um, can I say one quick thing on the, the worst faction? That's you are technically the host, so you can say anything you'd like. That's true. Well, you did say at the beginning of the show that you... It's featuring Chase um, Thomas this week. Right. Um, <laughs> your domineering approach to podcasting. Yeah, that's why they call um, it Dominatrix. That's correct. Um, I can't believe they're continuing on with the Drew Corbin Lashley stuff. Oh my god. It's in it's absurd. It is let's talk it about it. It makes me physically in like it, it uh, physically uncomfortable just still sitting there and be like, okay, I can't do this. I need to change the channel. I can't believe they're still doing this. It's a great example of like the biggest discrepancy between Raw and SmackDown right now. Because each of them has a problem with their talent pool. But the problems they have are completely opposite and could help each other out. Because Raw has this problem of it's a three-hour show that doesn't have enough top guys. So every single week, you see the same program again and again and again, and you're just so sick of it. And then you go to SmackDown, which is a two-hour show, and has so many top guys that you're just like, why isn't Shinsuke on for the last three weeks? Why isn't Rusev on? Why hasn't Asuka been on since she tapped out Becky Lynch? Where's Rey Mysterio? Where's Sanity? Where's Andrade Cien Almas? They have all these top guys. They just don't have time for them each week. So there's never a segment like Raw where you're like, ugh, we have to see this again. Every segment is great. It's that they have more guys than they have segments to fill. So they have great talent that just misses for a month at a time. 
and they know it sucks. Like that's the most frustrating part, and that's why I've always built like driven this point home. Like Vince McMahon doesn't care. Did you see what their revenue was in 2018? It was like 800 million or something. <laughs> it was the highest it's ever been, and the show has never been worse. Vince McMahon has no incentive to make Raw better, and that's why it's like weird when he gets like kind of uncomfortable about the ratings and does weird things. It's like, dude, you're making the most of ever. Like, absurd why are you even- amount of money. If they did nothing but run Crown Jewel this year, last year, they would have still been the biggest wrestling company in the world. And it sucks to just accept that, but you have to. Like, you have to talk about this company honestly, and you have to look at it from the prism of Vince McMahon being like, I'm in my mid-70s, and I'm making more money than ever. Why the fuck do I have to push Johnny Gargano? What? What? Why do I have to care about NXT? It's like that old GM that knows he's about to get fired, so he does a lot of win-now moves and just does whatever and sacrifices the future. Because you know Triple H when that report came out this week that he didn't even know Vince was calling up some of those guys. Yeah. You're like, and he had to go out there and announce the guys, and you know he hated every fight, like every fiber of his being. He hated having to do that because Vince told him so. He was like, nope, you're calling him up in that whole report of like Vince just saying... Get me the four top NXT guys and it not even being four guys that he necessarily believes in is incredible. And that's why like when people are like, NXT is this and that? I'm like, it doesn't matter. It all still comes down to Vince McMahon. If he just like wakes up one day and he's like, you know what? Give me whoever and breaks up all their storyline continuity, everything. That's it. And they're like, well, Johnny Gargano is going to be a long-term NXT guy. And he's finally going to get this NXT title run after that. It's like, why? Why do you think that? It could change on a dime. This company does not care about that kind of stuff. That kind of long-term booking is not a thing. What are you doing? That's not how this works. The only reason they care about NXT, and it's probably the main reason they have like a split anyway, is that people inherently like rivalries because then they can pick a side. It's like, sure. I don't know, do you know anything about uh, sports? Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing in sports, but let me think about something that people listening to this episode might understand better. Uh, it's like if you have an iPhone and somebody has the wrong color bubbles and you're like, oh, I don't like that person. That's an Android person. Like we have these little things in our life, whether it's your car, your phone, what video game system you have, where we like to, whichever is the thing we support, we like to be like, oh, all the other things, those suck. Otherwise, I would support those and I don't. So clearly they must suck. So by having two different brands and by having NXT, they can like harbor three different groups of people who are like, oh, I don't watch WWE. I just watch NXT. That's where the best people are. I don't watch Raw. I just watch SmackDown because it's mm-hmm. the more fun. It's got the better talent of those, on those main shows. There's no one in this planet who just watches SmackDown. I don't believe that person exists. <laughs> But that way, when you have people like AEW out there who are like, we're going to be a new wrestling company, it's like, but you don't realize it's like, not only is WWE, like you were saying, by far the biggest wrestling company in the world, as far as they're concerned, they're the first, second, and third largest wrestling company in the world right now. Yeah. Because with that whole thing with the call-ups that you're talking about, Triple H made a point to be like, I also run our third global touring brand. To be like, well, remind after everyone. He messed it up a little bit. He had to start over. Yeah. He said, I also run NXT. Let me try that again. I also run WWE's third global touring brand, NXT. So it's like, you just wanted to get that phrase out there. Yes. You wanted to remind people, like, we have three brands that are all big enough that they're global entities that travel around the world performing. But what I did love, though, that we can now put to breast after this episode of Raw is the idea that NXT matters at all to the main show. Like, nobody in that crowd knew who any of these people were. Yeah, that's Ricochet had to get the crowd involved because like he did the flip where he had Lashley chasing him and all that kind of stuff. And the crowd 
got behind him at the end, but like no one knew who Johnny Gargano was. But if you watched a takeover show and you watched NXT every week, he's the biggest star in the industry. He spent two years there as like their biggest guy. And no one knew. Nobody had any idea who any of those people were. I think that's why they made a point. Some people that are NXT fans got upset about it, but Michael Cole was like, you know, Ricochet had his breakout moment at halftime heat just a few weeks ago. It's like, what? People were like, oh, why would he say that? And then you realize halftime heat where they made a point to put this out in a press release was the most watched NXT match of all time because Mm -hmm. it wasn't on the network. Yeah. Because the network has like a hundred something thousand subscribers, a couple hundred thousand. Like they did the one episode on USA several years ago. They got 800,000 viewers which means halftime heat got more than 800,000 viewers. Let's say a million, just picking a lowish number above that. That's still like a fraction of what raw gets though. Mm-hmm. So even though that is how most of these people will know you, that still means most people watching won't know who you are. That's why I just love the different universes these people live in. Because like if you watch two or five live consistently, you would be driven crazy about how Leo Rush is presented on Monday Night Raw. But like the majority of fans have no idea that Leo Rush is like the superstar wrestler. I only watch NXT UK. Right. Like those people are just, they must be blown away. And then you just look at like if buddy, like if you asked that audience there last night, what percentage do you think actually knows who the current Cruiserweight champion is right now? Uh, it's, oh, they would know because it, oh, never mind. I thought you were saying Intercontinental. No. They, Cruiserweight. 10% would know. I would, I think that's being generous. Like, I think if Buddy Murphy's hit, his music hit last night and had a match, they'd be like, uh, I will say if Buddy, if you blindfolded me and played Buddy Murphy's music, I would not know who it was. I think it's the same as what the tag team music was when he was the tag team champions in NXT with Alexa Bliss that like seven years ago. one? Yeah, they okay. never changed it. It was like the Roman Reigns thing where they were just like, we'll just use this. We don't want to spend money on another um, CFO dollar sign single. We'll just go ahead and double down on this yeah. one. The fact that I wouldn't recognize it or thought I wouldn't, like these fans wouldn't. Because I feel like on the scale of like casual to hardcore wrestling fans, I'm pretty far towards the hardcore side. Wait, now I'm thinking, do you think Roman comes out with new music next week? God, no. Are you kidding? I think he gets booed if that music hits again. That music is just like heat are you kidding is- nobody's gonna boo Ro- if people boo roman next week uh, i think once WWE they see him, they'll start cheering but like down. there's something about that like john cena like could have the yeah, there's something about it where that music will just inspire like it will just be like a when a john reflex. cena came back at the rumble and everyone hated him they all cheered because in that moment you were so enraptured by it i think especially well, you know my john these, cena take these days he's the best of all time uh wrestlemania should be cena versus lesnar but they already have an opponent. It's Seth Rollins. I know. Be but I'm saying, Rollins. like, I would have had Cena win the Rumble. Oh. And that, I would have had Cena versus Lesnar. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Especially with the fans knowing it's coming, I think that'll, like, it won't take them by surprise, like you were saying, where you have this, like, guttural reaction. The fact that they know, like, Roman will appear to discuss his current, like, leukemia battle. Like, you know, you know he's going to be there and you know why, that you'll be mentally prepared to cheer for him as soon as you, like, hear his music. I guess we'll see. I think it will be like. You imagine the visual if he was to like come out like bald and frail, and everyone's just booing him the whole way down. (laughs) Oh God! He's like he's like rolling down the little like (laughs) like metal stand with the fluid bag on top of it all the way to the ramp, and everyone's like, "You still suck." Shouldn't be laughing at this. God, it won't happen. So it's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I think you. this is the moment. It's like the CM Punk thing when you had the cold of personality music hit. Like, I would give Roman new music. Or play that music 
but have all of them come out together again. Have the whole shield mm. back. Or Joe Annoy's name comes on the screen. He has a new Titan Tron. And it's just Joe. Joe Annoy. They already, they already have a Joe. That's true. Well, not for much longer. He might be AEW bound because uh, Samoa Joe has, let me check my notes. Yeah, lost 75 title matches in the last year. He should rename Roman Reigns Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would, yeah. It could yeah. be like how they had like Sin Cara Azul and Sin Cara Negro. Mm. They could have Sin Cara's coming back, by the they way. They could call them like the Samoa time. Joe who wins matches and Samoa Joe who loses matches. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I. That's gonna be interesting. Um, but the other thing, are we sure the Rock isn't coming out with him next Monday? <gasps> Plus, the Rock could promote his movie while he's exactly. Out there. I think we're getting the Rock next week. I think that's. Can you imagine first. a promo where they jointly try to talk about his current state of his leukemia battle and also promote the movie about Paige? <laughs> that would be so. I think absurd. that's very possible. I think the odds are very high for that. I could. The Rock would be the one guy who could attempt to pull it off. Yes. Where he's just like, I'm so proud of Roman, my cousin, my family fighting through this. <laughs> Speaking of fighting <laughs> with my family, <laughs> so see it now in theaters. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I meant the new, the, the spinoff movie with him and Roman because they're in a movie together. Oh, now. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So I think that would be the one that they like. He's been fighting leukemia and he's going to be in a movie okay. with me. And that all this makes stuff. more sense. I thought that's he, what I was talking about. Not the fighting with my family. Me. No, not the page one. I meant like the movie they're doing together. Yeah. He could do that. Yeah. The Rock. I man, think, if they had Roman, The Rock, and Flair all on Raw one week, that's going to be huge. I think it's The Rock. I think we're going to see him because I think what they'll do, the make what makes the most sense is him coming out first and then introducing a cancer free Roman Reigns. Wow. If he's. Do you think he's coming back like no roman i mean i think that they're gonna say that there's no way they're doing this unless they've gotten a doctor like he's can't he's in remission again there's no way you do this now what do you do about your whole your wrestlemania plans if right now he's back well no i don't think he competes i think that's the thing is like they'll just announce he'll be in like cess corner is what i would bet for the next seven weeks enjoy me being on raw just talking guys no i think he'll be gone Oh. I don't think you'll see him again until like Mania. I think you do this now. Just say that just you'll saying, be there. Yes. And you'll be in Seth's corner. And they do like a hug and embrace. Like I'll be there. Like the Slay the Beast stuff that Dean did where he yeah. just decided to become a baby face again. I think that that's what's going to happen with Roman where he's just like Slay the Beast. And I'll be in your corner at WrestleMania. And then people pop. Yeah. That's going to be. Uh, if they announce that I'm buying WrestleMania tickets immediately. I, I That's what I would bet on. Like the last time I bought WrestleMania tickets was when they announced The Rock versus Cena 2. And I was like, this is the biggest match of my lifetime. And I mm-hmm. literally bought tickets as Raw went off the air. If they announce that Roman's going to WrestleMania, I'll be there. I think that's what they're doing. Oh, that would be amazing. That should be the series finale of wrestling. Hmm. Seth should say, you know what? You take my spot. And then Roman <laughs> beats Brock. And then the Shield celebrates. And they pulled Roman up on their shoulders and the fireworks go off. And then that's the end. Next week you okay. tune in to Monday Night Raw and it's just Modern Family reruns. There you go. Um, can we talk one last thing about uh, Hulk Hogan getting a movie? Hell yeah. What's Hulk Hogan doing in a movie? Why is... Uh, it's not even Hulk Hogan. It's uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Thor. Yeah. Playing, Playing Hulk Hogan. Is it a comedy? So Todd Phillips, who created The Hangover, is directing... But he's all. He also is directing the Joker spinoff movie, which I did not know was still a thing. The Phoenix that's one, yeah. 
Um, why now? I just don't understand what the incentive is to not only do it from his upbringing and everything, which um, I went down a rabbit hole of like Hulk Hogan's upbringing stuff. And then I found uh, that he used the the cop out that growing up in his low income neighborhood in Tampa, Florida, they use the, uh, the N word all the time. No. And then you find, oh yeah. And then you find out all of his neighbors said, nope, that never happened. I don't know what he's talking about. To be fair. If that was true and you were one of those neighbors, would you say that? Would you be like, oh, yeah, we I all just threw that around all the time. Well, no one's asking. The point is, like, I think he, like him just throwing the whole neighborhood out there like that, of like that just being a thing. And then them just all being like, no, not a thing. Because I think it was they all smelled the bullshit where it's like, yeah. no, I don't think so. I think you're just a bad person. I think you were just saying that. And please don't group us in with your nonsense. Like 10 years ago, this would have made so much sense. Because Hulk Hogan was like an American icon almost. Like if you were to ask somebody who's never watched pro wrestling, like if you were like playing charades or some shit, I guess you can't talk in charades. But if you're like, hey, do an impression of a pro wrestler, it's going to be Hulk Hogan or the macho man Randy Savage. But also the only kind of pro wrestler docs we want is where it shows both sides. Like Andre's doc was so good because we got to see both sides of him and just seeing like all the good and the bad of working with Andre and who he liked and who he didn't like. And it was an honest documentary. This will not be honest. This will be, they're not going to talk about the Gawker stuff. They're not going to talk about the later in life stuff. They're going to just talk about how he grew up and becoming a cultural icon and all this other stuff. And it's like, this is gross. Like, why do we want this now? Where do you, where do you end the Hulk Hogan story? probably like WCW because Eric Bischoff's involved in this project. So he's going to make sure that the NWO oh, stuff gets worse. Yeah. So he's involved in the project. So I'm going to guess WCW is when this ends. Or I guess in that case ends with him going back to WWE, maybe mm, like not I don't know everything he this. did back, but just like that first couple months back going to one more WrestleMania with the rock kind of thing. No, like, I don't think so. I don't think that gets in. What I if, think it's just, what if they can get the rock the, to be in it? Uh, maybe i still don't think so also rock if you're listening don't be in this movie i was gonna say i don't think the rock would do it he's yeah. too savvy he's he got, wouldn't do it he knows how to avoid bad press and hulk hogan is bad press right john cena like how did chris hemsworth agree to this? i don't think this goes well huh how did chris hemsworth like agree to this did someone know. like come up to him at a restaurant and be like we're gonna do a hulk hogan movie he's like that's awesome count me in and it's funny you say that because like, that's why I thought when the Hemsworth stuff came out, I was like, oh, Liam's got something to do. And then there, it's already Chris, and I'm like, what? Miley. I'm like, what? Chris Hemsworth, Thor, agreed to this kind of project? Why? You don't have to do this. Yeah, I have to imagine that he like agreed to it and then like on the spot and then went home and Googled like Hulk Hogan and started reading his Wikipedia and was like, oh, no. But this is like in now of actors like this be kept playing bad people. Like uh, Zac Efron just played Ted Bundy and all this stuff. And you're just like, to be like, you know, in the neighborhood in Adelaide, Australia, I grew up in. We use that word all the time. So it wasn't a problem for me doing it in the movie. God. Everyone in Australia being like, nope. No one likes Hulk. I just, I don't think Hemsworth knows what he's in for. Like Hulk Hogan's not a popular figure now. It's over. But like, this is does does the mainstream never really apologize. Mark Henry came out and it's like, yeah, there's just never been a real apology. Like I just don't think he actually I don't think he feels bad about what he did. We're in a bubble. I don't know if the mainstream knows that stuff about Hogan. I guess we'll find out, right? I, I mean, it's so absurd. Maybe this is why they're trying to like clean up his image on TV recently, too. 
Like why? He doesn't get that. Like, why are we allowing this to happen? I just don't. I don't want this to be a thing. Like, Him just I would disappearing inter- was the right ending for his life after this. To be like, we're not gonna hate you and chastise you forever, but like, just stay away. Like, you're you've lived a good life. You did everything you need to do. Just go fade away and live happily ever after. Don't try I to mean, come back. Don't get a movie about you. Just no. Oh, don't be involved. Like I would love rich. a real honest Hulk Hogan movie. Like I would love an HBO doc it's on like Hulk Hogan. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Like I would love something like that. I do not want a PR spin Hogan documentary or movie in 2019. I'm good. No, thank you. What wrestler do you want a movie about them? Like an honest one where like we get to see everything. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, Scott Hall would be really fascinating. That's true, but he's not famous enough. No, I guess not. But I would still love, like, I just feel like there's so much Scott Hall stuff that I would just be very, very fascinated by. You know, if you respected women a little more, the answer would have been Paige. Yeah, it's true. Oh, also Shawn Michaels, I don't think has ever really gotten a great one. That would be good because he has like a very negative, but then a happy ending life. Right. Of like, I like drugs and sex and lying to my coworkers and all this stuff and breaking my back. But now I'm going to Jesus my way out of this hole. Yeah, essentially. And go to Saudi Arabia. That was very good yada yadding there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Those are the first two that come to mind that I think would be the most compelling where you get to see both sides. Yeah, maybe like Stone Cold. I just don't feel like... too recent also. Yeah, and I don't think his pre-Stone Cold stuff is all that interesting, like the the blondes and all that kind of stuff. Like, just like, eh. I don't think that's fascinating. I just think Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall's stuff. Yeah, Um, not great. (laughs) Now that I figured out the right answer, it's Brock Lesnar. Just a documentary of him just like sitting around, just <laughs> drinking a beer on his comfy recliner. Just, I would like, love like a twenty, like a day in the life. Like if he ever agreed to like allow a camera crew to just follow him or follow him around all day. One of those twenty-four hour things WWE does. Yes, but not WWE sponsored. Like uh, Vice just goes to the Lesnar compound. I would one hundred percent watch that. Yes, WWE could definitely do like a montage, like. Like, remember in Rocky Four? Have you seen Rocky Four? You're only ten. There was... I've actually never seen any of the Rocky movies. Perfect, but you'll know the scene anyway, or you'll be able to imagine it. There's a scene where it's Rocky and Drago both training, and Rocky's like pounding the hanging meat, which is not a metaphor, and he's like running through the snow and flipping tires and doing all this stuff and training like a man in the wilderness. And then Drago's like in the lab with like breathing tubes in his mouth and a fancy treadmill and all this shit. I want that type of like comparative montage for like Seth versus Brock at Mania, where it's a day of like Seth at CrossFit gyms and boxing gyms and doing all his aerobics, and then it's Brock just like out grilling a steak every time they cut to him. Just zero training at all, zero cares in the world. Yeah, what a lucky guy! I bet he calls people. <laughs> He's, I, yeah, you could just see him just being gone. Like once, we're like five years away from never hearing about Brock Lesnar ever again. You know what? So I think we once he's we gone, said that he's before gone. and then he popped back up again. Well, no, I'm saying like once he's like 55. Oh, it's over. yeah, yeah. Like you're never seeing Brock Lesnar ever again. He's never going to do an autograph signing at a fan fest. No, he's not doing like the the Undertaker Starcade stuff. Like, Charging. No, he's gone. $200 for a picture. 
Also, adults getting autographs. Don't get it. I don't understand that at all. I, pictures make more sense than an autograph at least because it's like, hey, that's me and him. But also, I'm, paying $200 for a picture, no. Right. You could like get a hooker for that price. And take all that's the pictures like what you, you make want. in what 35 seconds at your job yeah and i'm not paying that to meet the undertaker now that he's 87 years old there's no wrestler i'd pay 200 for a picture with not even cena but if i met them on the street i would totally ask them i wouldn't i would just be like oh hey what's up man i, I don't I, I think that's weird i think as a kid it's cool and like seeing kids get like be amazed at these guys these larger than life figures but in real life no I, I don't think so. What, if, think what would... if you meet Randy Orton in the bathroom? <laughs> My favorite celebrity picture of him just washing his hands. Also, someone <laughs> takes a picture of him in the mirror and he's just got a look of like, are you fucking kidding me? But that's why I think Randy Orton is the way that he is. Like he lets those moments like define how he feels about all fans and stuff like that. He's and not he's wrong. Like, yeah. And like Seth, who like asked that autograph hound, like how he knew where he'd be at the airport. And the guy's like, oh yeah, we have a whole like discord chat for like tracking WWE guys. And he's like, okay, well, that's the weirdest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my life. <laughs> People who show up with like, here's a stack of photos. How many can you sign for me? And it's like, is zero an answer? Because you're fucking weird. Like anytime yeah. you see a TMZ thing of a celebrity like leaving a show and signing autographs, there's always one guy who's like, hey, can you don't make these out to anybody. Just sign them. And you're like, you're just going to sell. Like, you're so stupid. I hate that. Like the random fan who like wants to get their playbill at a Broadway show signed afterwards. Totally cool. The guy who wants 20 signed and not made out to anybody so that they can flip them on eBay. Stupid. Also, who's buying that? Who cares? And signature's only cool if you met the guy. Because then you're like, oh, it's a memory of when I met this guy. But you already have the memory. You were there. Yeah, you but met it's him. like a cute little moment. Like when I used to visit my grandma, she lives on like the PGA National Course in West Palm Beach. Like literally lives on the course. So we'd like walk out her back porch and they're like practicing before the tournament starts. And I was like eight at the time when we used to do this. So I like barely knew who these people were that like she was excited to meet. And it was like, it was just them and their caddy, no photographers or whatever. And they like all signed my hat because I was like a little kid. And I was like, whatever, I don't fucking care who you are. But like looking at that hat now, because I still have it, it's like, oh, that's Arnold Palmer. That's Jack Nicholas. That's Vijay Singh. It's like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't buy that off of like a website because like who cares? You didn't right. You'd meet the dude. I'm not gonna buy Chase's autograph on fucking slick deals. Okay, well let's not get crazy. I can't afford Chase's pot. Two hundred dollars at WrestleCon to meet Chase Thomas. Is that what we're setting the the lowest price at right now? Yeah, it's two hundred. It's a bidding war. Only one person gets to meet Chase. <laughs> there you go. There you they go. have I to like call it. you. They do have to call me. That is correct. No text. That was a big thing for a while is you could buy like when the wrestlers were like selling their merch on like ringside collectibles and stuff. Part of it was always like, oh, and if you buy these high ticket items, they'll call you also. And I was like, I don't want that. What a deal. Because I remember I bought like a Jimmy Hart megaphone or I got one as a gift actually. And then he like called at one point. I was like, I don't want to talk to you, man. (laughs) I don't care. Which, like, to them was probably, like, the part that they thought was, like, the cool part of the thing of, like, oh, you can buy merch anywhere, but, like, talking to Jimmy Hart for 15 minutes, I was just, like, I was, like, driving to class. I was, like, I don't, all right, man, bye. 
Like, I think I had to hang up on him. That's really sad. He was like, oh, you're driving. Where are you going? And I was like, I'm going into D.C. I'm in Virginia. He's like, Virgi- oh, you know, Richmond. You guys ever go down south? I was like, that's not even close to D.C. I don't know. You should know the general area of this country. It's three hours away. I know I'm not going to an indie show that you're going to be appearing at in a few weeks, sir. <laughs> oh, going through a tunnel. <laughs> It's like talking to like old people, how they like you don't know how to get out of the conversation, but also they feel like you want to talk to them because they're famous, but you don't. Mm-hmm. That could be a running gag on uh, RBR. It's like you guys call, you get the contact for the Ring Warriors roster, and you say that you're going to interview them, and then you're like, oh, you're breaking up. You're like, we actually don't need this. Never mind. I wonder how many weeks they keep letting us like talk to their talent. Like, As we're doing this, this podcast, they keep like the service goes bad or something. We don't know what's going on, but they keep hanging up on us like mid call. Week yeah, on. week one they'll be like, "Oh, you know, we looked into them, we saw their ratings. Cool, you guys can go. That's great." And they'll be like, "Well, that was odd that that happened. I didn't realize they hosted in a car, but oh well, they wanted somebody <laughs> else back. That's cool." And it's just by like week four, they never like, We don't believe in you guys anymore. Hmm. All right, Eric Brady. I think uh, I think that covers it for today hey where's Bryce harper going next season uh the phillies in philadelphia mm-hmm. didn't he ask them to move uh what wasn't didn't he say like i'd love to go there but i wish they'd be in orlando or someplace warm i mean he's from vegas so i think he's how someone who prefers yeah uh... is there literally a worse team just by the name of the team to move than the phillies uh no they're named after the city that they're in mm-hmm. Oops, like what a ridiculous request but he'll be good there i mean i do think he should be i i would recommend that he stays in washington and i think washington's kind of silly not to just pay him the 10 years um just because he's already the best player in franchise history and you have Juan Soto and you just signed Patrick Corbin. And I think with Anthony Rendon, who shares the same agent as Bryce Harper, like if you lock those guys in all long term, like you're going to get a title at some point. Let but me, now you're just, let me give you the DC perspective on it though. As somebody who lives here, mm-hmm. we don't give a shit about him or the nationals. So what's the order of fandom, that level of care in DC capitals. Really? Number one uh, over the Redskins, nothing else. Because we're the most, we're we're a bandwagon town. Gotcha. So we don't care. We even the Capitals. Like five years ago, if you went to like their open practice sessions, there were like four people there. Hmm. And now it's like packed. Wayne Rooney not lighting the city on fire. Oh, that's right. He's on DCU now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, you know they got a new stadium, so you know attendance is going to be what it's going to be. I forgot he was friggin' here. Wayne Rooney is there. Every time like one of these people comes over, it's like, oh, Terry Andre is on the union now. You're like, why? Freddie Adu. Who could forget that? Oh, nobody run in 2014 year old Freddie Adu. He still plays soccer, doesn't he? He's got it. He's like 24 now. Like somewhere else. He's like 29 now, dude. <laughs> he's probably getting ready to retire. He's going to. When he's old and shitty, whereas now he's just middle aged and shitty. But when he's old and shitty, he should come back to DC United to do his like final tour. There you go. And then he'll be like only a couple years removed from being old enough to be the NXT champion. <laughs> well, Chase, it was great to have you on this week. We should do it again sometime. Thank you, Eric Brady. I appreciate it. 
And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, Be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Thank you for your support and we'll be back on another episode very soon. Thanks, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.